from a worm to victorious butterfly, new creature, new species, by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. Wouldn't it be great to be like Christ? We can, you know. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 48 through 49 tells us, As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. In other words, man is born the descendants of fallen Adam, who unfortunately allowed themselves to be cross-bred with angels, as we read in Genesis 6. Therefore, even today, man is part angel and part man. And as is the heavenly man, whose father was God and his mother Mary, half God, half man, so also are those who are heavenly. Wow, two different species, and both different from the original. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, species one, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man, species two. So, we are born of the family of the man of dust, but follow what happens when we are born again through Christ. Galatians chapter 3, verse 16. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say, and to seeds, as of many, but as of one, and to your seed, who is Christ. So all the promises made to Abraham would be inherited by Christ, who would in turn pass them to his seed. Now look at this. Galatians chapter 3, verses 27 through 29. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. God does not respect one over the other. So none of the curses of poverty, gender, etc., that have plagued the man of dust, apply to those that belong to Christ. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. Is that not exciting? Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 5. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? died to who they were as the man of dust. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. They died to their old self, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, Certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23 Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. How can we be born through the word? John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 verse 14, and verse 17. In the beginning was the Word, 
and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. God promised Abraham his seed would inherit the earth, and all that is on the planet would be returned to his descendants. They would be victorious over their enemies, be the blessed of God. In other words, children of the Jubilee, ransomed by the Son, and returned to the Father. Now let us read from Romans chapter 8, verse 29. For whom he foreknew, before God rested from creating all things, he conceived his plan for the restoration of man, and chose who he would have borne for each era of history to fulfill it. He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. These would progress to be like Jesus, after his kind, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. A different order, or kind of man, was brought into being as people began to walk according to the knowledge released for the end days. You see, truth is a substance that reproduces when planted in fertile ground. The new species died in Christ's death at baptism and resurrected a new creature to be born true Israel. But as yet, they were a kind of spiritual larva, a worm or caterpillar type. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 14 Fear not, you worm Jacob, larva, you men of Israel, larva. I will help you, says the Lord and your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Giving up their previous agendas, separating from the world and all it offers, they became aware of the Lord's restoration plan, discovering they had a part in it. They entered into the rest of God and began living that plan. The works they did were preconceived in the mind of God for them to do. Line upon line, precept upon precept, with the release of each new truth, they grew within God's rest. Ever-changing, transforming, the new creature is metamorphic in nature, finally emerging as a new species. They are ones that through the ingested knowledge of God become flesh of Christ's flesh, bone of his bone. And after entering the blood covenant with Christ in this stage of their transformation, they emerge with his blood, now mingling with theirs. They become one kind with him. This phenomenon can only take place for the new creature from within God's rest. They must remain separate from the world with all soul ties and cords of iniquity severed from their past. As we read on, we will discover there are also other differences in the new species from their previous life. Hebrews chapter 5 verses 5 through 6 So also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest, but it was he who said to him, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. As he also says in another place, You are a priest forever, according to the order, or kind, of Melchizedek. 
He is a priest forever because he is eternal. Hebrews chapter 7 verses 1 through 3 reveals this in verse 3. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham, returning from the slaughter of the kings, and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being translated king of righteousness, and then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace. Without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, remains a priest continually. As Satan has possessed different men over the years to accomplish his plan for supremacy, King of Tyre, King of Babylon, Judas in the New Testament, to name a few, so Christ lived through Melchizedek to accomplish his plan. As we also saw in verse 2 of the above scripture, 10% was seeded or tithed to Abraham. This represented his seed being sown into Christ and symbolic of those born through him that are in his image. Remember Galatians chapter 3 verse 27 and verse 29. If we are baptized into Christ, we are Abraham's seed. That is because Jesus himself was born the seed of Abraham, of the house of David. Those born again through him are therefore seeds of Abraham themselves, of the house of David, and are also after the order, or kind, of Melchizedek. But it does go on to say in Galatians chapter 4 verse 1, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, or as an immature caterpillar, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all. Part of why man cannot seem to grow is they will not give up who they were before they died in baptism to mature to who they are after rebirth. If they have a beginning, then they have an end. The new creature was conceived in the mind of God as a part of his restoration plan, at a time known only by him. There is no conscious beginning for us. Man's past experiences must therefore be erased from their minds. Let's face it, because of Adam's choice of knowledge, his descendants live in a world of illusion and lies, a fantasy world fashioned through Satan's mind. Their lives are therefore not real either and cannot last forever. Man as a whole does not operate from the reality of God. They operate according to a dream. Satan's. Their lives are built on fantasy. Their imaginations fed by the enemy's thoughts dictate how they see themselves and all is shaped through Satan's knowledge. There is nothing solid nothing real, just people trying to live out what they imagine they want to do, looking at the illusion others were living as a role model. Man doesn't know what is real from what is fantasy anymore. They don't know truth from a lie. They dress, eat, exist according to an elusive force that seems to feed their minds, put desires in their hearts, 
and direct them down roads they have no idea how they got there or what made them choose that direction. The only fleeting happiness in this world for many people is satisfying the lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and pride of life. The last man and woman to see reality was Adam and Eve. The garden home God built for them was real. Not only was it real, it was perfect. No sin, no poverty, no sickness, corruption, death or decay. Direction came from God himself, our creator, who desired only good for all of his creatures. Evil was the only thing held from man. God said for them to not eat, nor touch the enemy, referred to in the word as the tree of good and evil. For to allow him to feed them his lies, or to touch their minds with his thoughts, would shut them out of the garden of God, and open them to the world of Satan. The seed of knowledge would be implanted by God's enemy in the hearts of man, to give birth to a new creature in his image. It would catapult them from reality to fantasy, from eternity into a world of limitations caused by time. You see, Satan was given the opportunity to fulfill his claims of equality with God, to fulfill his dream of being like the Creator. How long he has to prove his claims is known only by the Father. That is why there is time in this realm. When time is up, if Satan's declarations of equality go unfulfilled, he loses. His fantasy world, populated by his altered race of mankind, will dematerialize, perish, and all the works performed at the world's direction will cease to exist. Time will be over, and again, all caught up in this world will perish with it. The scriptures refer to the empire's man builds in his own prompting and strength apart from God as dead works. As this world disintegrates, all that will be left standing is what is rooted in God's kingdom. Let me explain. When man really meets God and allows him to feed them truth and touch their hearts and minds with his desire for creation, they begin to see who they are in the world and want to change. As Genesis 3 is brought to light, they begin to comprehend how they were born to Satan's fantasy world. And as Genesis chapter 6 was made clear it became apparent how a different kind of different stock, part angel, part man, came into being. Their origin was not even the garden of God. They were actually citizens of Satan's realm and subject to his rule, corrupted by birth, subject to time, and destined to die. To discover Father had a plan for man's restoration before he rested from creating all things that included a way to be born again into his kingdom was exhilarating, exciting, so awesome. In closing, to be able to enter into his rest as his child, a new creature, and grow and mature to become a new species of man is amazing. To understand, as the Lord's works are fulfilled, 
they are rooted deeply in his kingdom, and they, as the new species, will remain through the world's destruction, is awe-inspiring. Can you see it? A new earth is beginning to emerge right now from the works initiated by God through his plan and executed by his new species. What a privilege and honor to be a part of the restoration of creation. Before man can fulfill the will of God, however, to totally re-establish his kingdom on earth, he must be transformed and pass over from the new creature, the worm, to the victorious butterfly, the new species.